Um, so we're going to be focusing on Galatians, and I'm, I want to stop in two or three um, areas. Uh, before we do that, let's um, pray together. Father God, thank you for all the reminders, all the fresh revelations. Thank you for the things that you're teaching us as we are opening up your scriptures. Thank you, Lord, for the way that you have spoken to us this week. And I pray that you continue, Lord, to show yourself afresh to us as we uh, stop at Galatians this morning, speak through your word to us, Lord, uh, bless us, affirm us, and help us and enable us, equip us to continue to be living our lives of faithfulness to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Um, so, book of Galatians, well, we call it a book, but actually it's a letter. And it's a very interesting letter. Um, if we said that Paul wrote the letter of Titus and was straight to the task, here he is really, really passionate about something that has caused him a lot of pain. So, when we think about discipleship, we think about discipleship as being apprentices. And I think this is the relationship that Paul has got with, with the people that, well, and the churches that he's planted in that sense, that he's really, you know, dearly caring for them. They are, in one sense, they're, they're baby, his babies. They, they've come through his ministry. The gospel has reached out and transformed cities and towns. So, of course, he's very passionate. But also, Paul is very passionate about the gospel because he has encountered God in a very special way. As we've said in the past, that he was a, a very fervent Jewish law keeper. He wanted to be after all the people who were against the law or they were trying to give out new ideas like Christianity and embracing Jesus. He was after them until he meets with a resurrected Christ. So <clears throat> because for Paul, this experience of the gospel is so raw and so real, and because he has encountered it in a very special way, he wants for others to know not to miss out on this. And in one sense, what's happening is that his ministry was very interrent in the sense that he was going from cities to cities, from towns to towns. He was appointing um, leaders. He, was, he's, he had this group of churches. But when we talk about the letter of Galatians, the letter of Galatians is not written to one particular church. It's a group of churches in the region of Galatia. Now, there's different uh, commentators talking about how, how big this region was and stuff. We're not going to stop about that, but it's, it's basically, it's a group of churches that have been on the receiving end of Paul's ministry. They've encountered the gospel. They've seen how God has transformed their lives. Paul has moved on. And now this group of believers has got some other people who've come to say that actually what Paul has said, it's okay. But if you're talking about embracing Jesus, well, you can't embrace Jesus as he is, as Paul has preached to you. 
Ah, you need to go down the route because Jesus was Jewish. We've got, as Jewish people, we've got ceremonial laws. You have to go through the rites of the Jewish laws. Therefore, that embracement that you have not to do anything in order to deserve God's love, it's, it's, it's pure grace. It's not valid because what about our identity? What about our culture? What about our forefathers that have really got stuck with this for, for thousands of years? So therefore, yes, we believe that Jesus is the Messiah. Yes, we believe that he is the Savior, but, but that's not enough. So this is the kind of teaching that they're saying. And the, the only way that you could kind of embrace the, the, the Jewish law, the ceremonial law, is by male believers to be circumcised. This is the proof. Now, for Paul, this is really absurd. So he says, no, 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 no. Wait a moment. I mean, it would have been amazing if Paul would have lived today in this era. I, I don't know how many months or weeks did it take for the word to go back to Paul wherever he was in his travels to say, hey, the Galatians are being misled. We can do that on a WhatsApp message. The WhatsApp message, a group of churches in Galatia, one text message. Hey, Paul, do you want to, part, to be part of this group? This is the teaching that is going on. But Paul hears about that. And he is taking action immediately. He, he, because he's so, he's so transformed by the gospel. He doesn't want them to know anything else about their walk with God apart from their relationship with Christ. So Paul writes the letter to the Galatians with twofold things, well, twofold purpose. A, because these people who are teaching about um, Christ plus something, they're actually undermining Paul. So Paul is writing to them about his own apostleship, about his own calling to serve Jesus. And the second thing is that if these guys carry on doing what they're doing, then the gospel message is jeopardized, is at risk. It's problematic because it can really cause big damage in their walk of faith. Now, I've read a lot about this this week and preparing for the videos and stuff like that. There is a lot of commentators that kind of, if you were to, to, to summarize it in a few words, they say that the letter of Galatians is written for the legalists. I agree, but for me, my understanding as I've read Galatians is, is a little bit more than that. I think this letter is written to those who probably are a bit stuck. There is that element, you know, when, when you do something wrong and you don't know what to do next. 
So, so, so you're stuck. So, so I think this is the situation in Galatia, uh, well, in the group of churches um, of the Galatians, that they've embraced this teaching and they think, yeah, why not uh, embrace what the Judaizers, these uh, teachers that are saying things against Paul, but they know that perhaps something is not right. So they can be stuck. And also there are people who have really embraced this teaching and they're, they're, they're really saying, well, Paul is not right. So, so there is a little bit of misleading here, but also people who have embraced it. But also you can have people who are really stuck and they don't know. So he steps in then. And how does Paul greet the people in Galatia? I know he's got to address the big issues. I know he's got to, to be very, very straightforward with them. But how does he greet them? The first verse till the third verse of the letter, it's full of love and care. Grace and peace. Grace and peace. This is a letter from Paul the Apostle, says the New Living Translation. I was not appointed by any group of people or from any human authority, but by Jesus Christ himself, God the Father, who raised Jesus from the dead. All the brothers and sisters here join me in sending this letter to the churches of Galatia. May God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. As you deal with this situation, as I know that what I'm about to say, may God bless you with his grace and his peace. It's, I, I love Paul. I, because he, he knows that that's what they need. He knows himself it's great that has brought him this far. He knows himself that actually he, he could not be here unless it was for the grace of God. I mean, Richard led us into that awesome song earlier on from John Newton. Again, grace, grace that has led me thus far. Grace will lead me on. So in order for Paul to greet the believers with grace, he needs to be himself immersed, led, as he said in Titus, trained by grace. That's why he's able to impart that. and says, grace and peace. But how much then do they need this? If this is a group of people that has been misled and messed up, they're greeted with grace and peace. So, today we're going to be focusing on chapter 3, because I think that's kind of deals with the core um, issues here. We're going to be reading verses 1 to 9. I'm going to read them, and then I'm going to stop and share a few thoughts. So, he has spent the previous two chapters explaining a little bit about his apostleship. He started the letter saying, hey, I've not been appointed by man. I've been appointed by Christ. 
That's why I'm, I'm an apostle to the Gentiles. That's why I want to reach out to you guys with the good news. So the first two chapters kind of talk about the, his arguments or why he is where he is. And now he goes to the Galatians. And he starts by, chapter 3 starts with this. O foolish Galatians, who has cast an evil spell on you. For the meaning of Jesus's, or Jesus Christ's death was made as clear to you as if you had seen a picture of his death on the cross. Let me ask you this one question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law of Moses? Well, of course not. You received the Holy Spirit because you believed the message you heard about Christ. How foolish can you be? And after starting your new lives in the Spirit, why are you not trying to become perfect by your own human effort? Have you experienced so much for nothing? Somewhere else it says, have you suffered so much for nothing? Surely, it wasn't in vain, was it? I ask you again, does God give you the Holy Spirit and work miracles among you because you obey the law? Of course not. It is because you believe the message you heard about Christ. In the same way, Abraham believed and believed God, and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. The real children of Abraham, then, are those who put their faith in God. What's more, the scriptures looked forward to this time when God would make the Gentiles right in his sight because of their faith. God proclaimed this good news to Abraham long ago, when he said, all nations will be blessed through you. So all who put their faith in Christ share the same blessing Abraham received because of his faith. May God's name be blessed and our hearts nurtured through the public reading of his words. Amen. Oh foolish Galatians! Every time we come across the word foolishness in the scripture is nothing to do with how clever or not clever people are. It's to do with perception. It's to do with the way that they're treating the truth of God's revelation. It's the way that they are responding that revealed truth that God has given. So, so in one sense, he's saying, foolish Galatians, who has hypnotized you? I think there is something here that uh, it's in the New Living Translation. It's about the evil spell, the evil eye. It was quite popular in those days. Actually, we still have got the evil eye in Albania. People do have those uh, little charms, lucky charms, to protect them 
of the curse of the evil eye, of the evil eye spell, because then it causes people to behave differently. It's still something that is very superstitious. And if you went to Turkey, you'll find the same part of all their um, stuff that they sell, the souvenirs. They've got that black dotted eye with round and circles. That's again to, to, to send away the evil eye of curse. It's, it's part of those kind of setups and, and cultures. So, so Paul is saying, hey, who's done that to you? Because in one sense, you're so low with your perception of what has happened to you. You foolish Galatians. You foolish Galatians, because actually, why have you started with the Spirit, and now you've ended up in what you can do in your own strength? This is not the gospel that I've preached to you. This is not the, the, the gospel that we have inherited from Jesus Christ. Because basically, what he's saying is that whatever we've got in Jesus is pure, it's utter grace, love. And we have not to do anything to earn it. But they are obviously stuck. And the way that Paul is going to challenge them, the way that Paul is going to nurture them, is by reminding them of something that is very, very powerful. They're being unreasonable in their discipleship. They're stuck. They're misled. They're messed up. And hence, the reminder of what? Of the Holy Spirit. Oh, how much we need the Holy Spirit of God when we are stuck, when we are confused, when we're being unreasonable, when we've messed things up. So the reason of today's message is not for us to be thinking, oh, is Marky telling us you foolish Cairns Road? No, no, this is an opportunity for us to see the abundance and the, the, the power and the, whatever the Holy Spirit has got for each and every one of us, the potential and the opportunity. Because, as we know here, it is possible to forget the power of the Spirit that is within us. And it is possible to go down the route of rules. Because actually... With rules, we know where we stand. We like to be in the framework of thought that actually, at least I know this is it or this is not it. Whereas the Holy Spirit, with coming to the believers, is bringing a new dimension of what it means to be a follower of God. And that's why Paul is saying, you're foolish because actually you're choosing to go down the law route when actually you are free. You're free. And it's not the law that dictates who you are, but it's the Father through the death of His Son and the giving of the Holy Spirit who declares who you are. That's why elsewhere Paul says, it's through His Spirit we cry out to God, Abba Father. 
So we've got an opportunity here to be reminded today of the potential that we as believers have because of the gift of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, when I leave this earth, I'll not leave you as orphans. It is better for me to go, so what? So then the Holy Spirit can come. Foolish, bewitched, made to be forgotten the power of the Spirit. Yes, there is an element here that Paul wants to address, the legalists, the party of circumcision, the, the, the dodgy teaching. But I think also he wants to address here the, the prodigals coming to their senses and encountering and refreshing for themselves the power of the Holy Spirit. Because you cannot have the Christian experience without the Holy Spirit. What does the Holy Spirit do here? Let me ask you one question, says Paul. Did you receive the Holy Spirit because you obeyed the law? No. Absolutely not. Who's ever had told you that actually you need to obey the law in order to, to, to receive the Holy Spirit? They're, they're misleading you. And in case you wanted to go down the route of the Old Testament, well, I'll give you Abraham's example. He received the gift of faith before the law was given. The Holy Spirit, says Paul, you receive the Spirit because you believe the message you heard about Christ. And how foolish can you be? After starting your new lives in the Spirit, why are you not trying to become, sorry, why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? I ask you again, does God give you the Holy Spirit and work miracles among you because you obey the law? Absolutely not. It is again because you believe the message you heard about Christ. So what Paul is saying here is that the Holy Spirit is not just somebody who is a little bit more powerful than a human entity. He's called the Holy Spirit. He's the one who is divine. He's not human. He's the one who God has promised. And a follower of Christ, a Christian, is someone who is not only empowered, but he is transformed in the new life through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the gift that belongs to each and every one of us who've been reconciled to God through Jesus Christ. If you have come to faith in God by believing what Jesus has done on the cross for you, that's what Paul is saying. The Holy Spirit is the gift for you. And to be empowered, to be filled, 
to be lived in, to be guided, to be clothed, to be healed by the Spirit, is the norm of the Christian life, is not an exception. This is what Paul is trying to say to the Galatians. Are you making the most of the norm? That you have been given the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. And it's very easy to get drifted away and distracted. Well, you've given the Holy Spirit. And how is the gift of the Holy Spirit given here? Well, Paul is very clear. He says he's hearing with faith. So he's asked the question in verse 2, verse 4 and 5. And now he's talking about this gift. There was one commentator that used the term, you've been begraced with the Holy Spirit by hearing with faith. So hearing with faith. So this is not as ambiguous as it sounds. Remember that Paul had been with the Galatians. He'd lived with them. He'd preached to them. He'd taught them. He's done that formally and informally. But they knew that Paul was referring to what he discussed in a more systematic way in the letter to the Romans. What does Romans say? Faith comes from what is heard, and what is heard comes from the preaching of Christ. So Paul is not talking here about the content of faith. He's not talking here about the state of mind of the listener or the receiver receiver of the letter. But he's talking here about the believing kind of hearing that is open to the gospel. It welcomes the gospel. It leads the receiver, the hearer, to yield to Christ and to trust his life to Christ. And that's why it's so important to get a grasp of what the Holy Spirit is. Because actually, Paul is saying here, the ultimate call is a call to living freely. Freedom. Not to be bonded. Not to be under bondage. There is an emphasis of the freedom that comes. But that freedom comes Because the Son of God, as we sang, if the Son sets free, you are free indeed. And this freedom comes because the good news of the gospel is free. And it's not about rules. It's not about regulations. It's not about being legalistic about a particular thing. But it's encountering God's Spirit and seeing Where is my space to be free so I can live for Christ? And how does Paul do this? He wants the Galatians to remind, he wants for them to remember, he wants to remind them that they are justified only by faith, not by merit, not by good works, not by moral excellence. Yes, he's going to talk about the fruit of the Spirit in chapter 5 and what does living in the Spirit look like in chapter 6. 
But these are not the qualifying things for the life of the believer. Faith in Christ is. Life in Christ begins at the moment, on that very moment, when we say, Lord, we accept you as Lord and Savior. We want to live for you. Faith and the life that is encompassed by faith cannot be separated. The Spirit cannot be just this entity that we just come and go as we wish. The Spirit is a gift. So today, we've got that opportunity to remind ourselves of the gift. And also to remind ourselves of the potential that is in this gift. But also to remind ourselves of the danger. Because if we're not walking with the Spirit, it's very easy to go down the loo, the, the, the road of legalism. And then we're on the route to folly. The challenge for God's word today is that if we think that we've messed up, if we think that we have come to a place that we are stuck, if we think that perhaps we have not understood the gospel properly, and by reading God's word, we, it has revealed to us Faith comes from hearing, and hearing comes from the Word of God. We've been reminded today of the potential that the Spirit of God has got in us to renew our lives, to set us free to live for Him. What is our response? Do we want to live a life that is part of actually self-affirming with whatever we can do? Or do we want to live a life that is marked by the Holy Spirit? And we need to also be careful when we talk about the Holy Spirit because it's not one of those things that we think, oh, he's more spirit-filled than I am. I don't think there is that, that category. We all have got the potential. We've all got that opportunity to allow the spirit of the living God to live in us, to indwell us, to empower us, to call us to liberty. But this experience of the Holy Spirit is a personal thing. And you ought to do something about it. So what is the Spirit of God saying to you this morning? Where is he challenging you? The challenge is not for you to feel guilty, to feel stuck, to feel, oh, there is no point. The challenge here is to, for you to say, no, I want that. I want the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to leave a moment of space and... Um, for us to respond to this.
and then I'll bring it to a close, but then uh, Richard is going to, and the band are going to lead us to the last um, song. But if you feel that you wanted to pray with somebody, uh, and as some of us said in the beginning of the service, we've come empty today, flat. Maybe this is a moment for you to say that Holy Spirit, fill me. So if you wanted to pray with someone, I feel free to approach them or I'll be here in the end to pray together. But let's give a moment to God's Spirit to tune our hearts with the truth of the gospel and the truth of the freedom that we have in him.